Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to have you with us this weekend. If you have your Bibles and can turn to Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to get there in just a minute. Matthew chapter 6. This weekend, we are concluding our series on Christian atheists, and uh, we're talking about prayer. I believe in God, I just never talk to Him. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about what that means, how to develop a prayer life, how to have a prayer answered, what happens with an unanswered prayer. And before we get into that, I just want to kind of give a plug t- uh, to everybody at the Germantown campus, the West campus, and the online campus that next weekend, please be sure to join us. After you've had all of your turkey, you've had all your sports, all your shopping, you've spent all of your money, be here next weekend. I'm going to be here, uh, and all of our families coming, uh, coming uh, from the south, they're all coming up. And we're going to be here next weekend, and we're having our One Day to Feed the World, this, that special offering. And so we want to invite you to be a part of that, and you've been hearing about that. Kevin will talk a little bit more about that later, but I just want you to mark that on your calendar. Make sure that you're here at one of our weekend services, and I can't wait to have next weekend and to be here with you and experience that. As we, talking about Thanksgiving, as we began this week, this week will begin the next 40 days or whatever that we have of festivities and of holiday here in the United States. I love this time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we began with eating and we end with eating and we feast all the way in between. Can I get a witness? Amen. And, and as you assemble yourselves around the dinner table, somebody will be asked to pray. And typically there's one of two responses. Response number one, you have someone who has a memorized prayer who completely goes into like a totally different gear and they just kind of began to wah, 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 amen. Everybody's like, ah, they're back to it, right? So it's because it's just like Charlie Brown's teacher. Or you have someone that uh, they have no idea what prayer is and they just began to make up words and begin to make up things that sound spiritual and uh, it's kind of fun, unless, because when I get, usually at events that we're at, I'm going to ask to pay because I'm the pastor. I love to like go, no, you know, I want somebody else to have a chance. And then it really, then, dun, 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 dun. So in, uh, in, in the whole uh, spirit and, and likeness of that, uh, let's just go to a really quick clip I want you to check out on, uh, well, holiday prayer. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh, sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of people that don't know how to pray. I just think it's 
a sad statement about Christ followers when we say that we believe in God, but yet we have no conversation or prayer life with God. And, and, uh, and so I, I want to stay right from the very beginning. Prayer is a conversation. That's the very first thing. If you don't hear anything else that I say this weekend, just catch this. Prayer is a conversation. And that's why I'm sitting in this chair, have my Starbucks, my little coffee table, because prayer is about me or you talking to God. It's not about me trying to make up big letter words. It's not about me trying to impress anybody else in the room with my vocabulary, with my knowledge of theology of scripture. It's not about a title. It's not about anything. It's simply about me having a conversation with God. So for me, in my regular prayer time, uh, I have a chair that I sit in, much like this, in my family room, and typically start with a cup of coffee in the morning, not because it's a spiritual beverage, but because I need to wake up. And, uh, and I began to just have that conversation with the Lord. And I began to just talk to God. And I know some of you come from traditions where prayer is, to, for prayer, prayer has to be very serious. It has to be very, it's a different tone. It's a different gear. It's a different setting. Uh, it's a different um, vocabulary. And I would just say, let's look at what Jesus said about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, Jesus says this, In this manner, therefore pray. Now, he doesn't say quote this prayer. He doesn't say recite this prayer. He doesn't say have a calligrapher, write it and mat it and frame it and put it in your hallway. He just says, hey, here's the outline. Here's the guide. Here's the PowerPoint that you need to go through when you pray. First of all, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Second, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Third, give us this day our daily bread. Next, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Next, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Next, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That word amen just means yes, so be it. And so every day that I have my time with the Lord, when I have my conversation with the Lord, I began, first of all, with praise. Verse 9. Praise is thanking God for what he's done. Worship is thanking him for who he is. Praise is thanking him for what he's done. And I just kind of began with almost like a top 10 for me. These are the top 10 things. Maybe that's my Dave Letterman influence. I don't know. Maybe it's my generation. But here's the things I'm thankful for. And some days that list is longer. Some days it's shorter. But it's things like, you know, I'm thankful for Life Church. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful for what, whatever, uh, you know, maybe something great happened the day before. There's something great that's ahead that day. I just thank God. Lord, I just thank you today for these things. Again, sitting in my chair, talking to God out loud, just like I'm talking to you, and just having that conversation. Then I go right into the next thing is God's will. Verse 10, Lord, have your will and your way in my life. Do you know that God has a perfect will and a way? For you, God has a plan for your life, and, 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 and he does for me too. And so every day I say, Lord, whatever your perfect will is in heaven, let it be so in my life here on earth. Whatever your desire is in heaven, let it be so in my life on earth. And I pray for God's will in my, in my life, personally, just as an individual. I pray for God's will in my, fam- in my marriage, for Tammy and I. God brought Tammy into my life, and not for a, a, a season, but for a reason. And so I thank God for that, but I also pray, God, have your perfect will in your way in my marriage. Your word says that what you've brought together, let no man bring asunder. And so, Lord, I know that I'm operating in your will. Bless that today and help me to be the husband and help me to do. Lord, let me do what I need to do and be what I need to be. Bless our marriage. I pray for my children. Why? Because the Bible said that children are a blessing from the Lord. So I pray for my girls. I call them by name and I pray for them. 
And, and I pray for our family as a whole and, and my extended family. I pray for my parents and for my in-laws and pray for the in-laws, the outlaws, the dogs, the cats, whatever. Just pray. I just pray for God that, you know, would, he would do that. And I pray for friends. I pray for relationships that I have. Because how many of you know that's so important to have that? And I just have that time, and I just kind of walk through that. And sometimes I'll pray for my kids longer. Sometimes I'll pray for my marriage longer. Sometimes it's me. And, and sometimes it's you. Lord, have your will in your way at Life Church. God, you've brought Tammy and I here, and, and, and just help us to, to, to steward what you've given us and to be what we need to be and to lead and to listen to your voice and to do what you've called us to do. Have your perfect will in your way. I pray for the Lord's will and his way. I pray a hedge of protection around my house physically, that God would keep our house safe. I pray that God would, would help us that the, I don't know if anybody like you guys, but man, I pray let the, you know, let the furnace not go out this winter and help the washing machine, the dryer not go out. And, and Lord, bless those things. Why would you pray for those things? I mean, doesn't God have bigger things? Because those are things that are important to us. I mean, these are, God has blessed us with, some, with, with, with these few things. And so we want to make sure that we're steward them. And I don't want to spend money on things like that. And because I'm practicing biblical principles with my finance, the word of God says that I can ask for those things. And so I do. And I just pray, God, have your will in your way. You know, and, and every investment and everything that I do, if I've got a big decision, have your will in your way. Whatever it may be, I give it to God. It's just a great time just to be able just to boom, just let that flow. And then he goes on and he says, for your resources, verse 11, he said, you know, give us this day our daily bread. The Bible always teaches us as we ask for the Lord's blessing in his hand in our life is for us to do that not in week tight or, or month, month long or year long compartments, but in day compartments in 24 hour intervals. Why? Because yesterday's gone. Tomorrow hasn't come. The Bible says worrying does us no good. So I just pray for this day. Lord, give me the favor that I need today. Give me the strength that I need today. Give me the patience I need today. Give me the insight that I need today. Open the doors need to be open. Shut the doors need to be shut. If I'm traveling, if I'm doing any type of air travel, oh, Lord, give me favor with the stewardess. I pray for a full can of Diet Coke and two bags of peanuts, whatever. Give me the, get the big seat, Lord. Let somebody not show up for first class and then bump me up because you know I'm too tight to pay for it, but I want to sit up there. Whatever it is, Lord, help my luggage to get there. You know, help whatever it may be, help me to be able to make, make the connection. If I have a meeting, if I have an appointment, if I'm meeting with someone, if I'm, it, it, you know, whatever, Lord, give me wisdom, help me. I mean, it, it's just this day, not tomorrow, not yesterday, not next week, but today. And I focus in on today. And then, and then Jesus said the next thing to do is to pray is for confession and, and forgiveness. Verse 12, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, I pray you forgive me of all my sins and all my unrighteousness. And also make sure that there's no unforgiveness in my heart against someone else. And we'll talk more about that in a minute because that can, that can impede my prayers. That can keep God from hearing and answering my prayers when I have unforgiveness for some, against someone else. So I ask the Lord, Lord, let my heart be like Teflon. Just let nothing stick to me. And, and during that time, it's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit, who the Bible says is our comforter and our convictor, will bring things to my mind or people to my mind that I might have an, an ill feeling against or might have some issue with, that he'll bring it to my mind. And all of a sudden, I'll go, Lord, I just pray for that person. Because it's hard to curse the things that you bless. And by curse, I don't mean cuss. I mean curse. I mean ask God to, to deal with them when I'm praying for God to bless them. And so I just do that. I just, I pray for them. So if I, if I come up to you and tell you that I'm praying for you, that may not be a good thing, right? You know, because the deal at the end of the day, I pray for all of that. And I just allow that to, to happen in that time. And then he says in verse 13, Lord, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keep me from temptation. 
You know what's interesting? It's Jesus talking to the disciples, all of whom will become uh, basically saints. And talks to the disciples, and he's saying, every single day of your life on a regular basis, ask God to keep you from temptation. Why? Because just like Superman, every one of us have kryptonite. Every person. Every person deals with temptation. What's yours? And it may be different. It may be different things that you're going to face. You may be getting ready to, 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 to be involved or be in a situation that's going to really be challenging for you and for your spiritual walk with the Lord. And maybe that day, maybe that week, whatever it may be. But you just say, Lord, keep me. Keep my eyes pure. Keep my heart pure. Keep my mind pure. You know, let the words of my mouth be, you know, be pleasing to you. What, whatever area that you're dealing with, everything that you're dealing with, that's the thing. Because here's the deal. is That's when you get to own up after you've asked the Lord to forgive you your sins. Lord, keep me. Keep me. And here's the deal is, that's, that's the thing for me. It's all about a conversation. It's not about me memorizing a prayer and reading it to God. It's about me sitting down before God and saying, Lord, your word says after this manner to pray, to pray kind of this outline, to kind of pray through this. And so beginning to tell him what's on, tell him what's on, what's on your heart, begin to confess that stuff before him, to begin to give him those things. You're, basically, when you're praying for his will, you're submitting yourself into his will, and you're surrendering yourself, and you're forgi- asking for forgiveness, and you're asking him to check your heart. Holy Spirit, check my heart and make sure there's no unforgiveness in me, and keep me from temptation. Lord, I know that I am fallible. Listen, the day that you don't think you're fallible is the day that you are probably most prone to, to fail morally in your life. We all have a propensity towards sin. And everybody has a different flavor. But we all do. And so it acknowledges that evil in us and we surrender that to the Lord. And it's interesting that he ends in verse 13, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's praise. God, I thank you today for this time. I thank you today that I've had the opportunity to be able to talk to you. I thank you today that you've spent time with me it's a conversation. Just like you'd meet someone for coffee. Just like you'd sit and talk with a best friend. Just like you would sit and chat with someone. And you go, is that like light? Is that like profane? Is, I mean, God's reverent and he's holy. No. We see this from beginning to the end in the scripture. We see it in, in Genesis chapter 3 when God walks and talks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And the only thing that hinders that relational conversation is sin. And so God, God basically brings his only son, Jesus Christ. And so from the time of Adam and Eve until the time of Matthew chapter 1, from Genesis until Matthew, God is having to speak through some surrogate or through some individual to humanity. Only a couple people does God have an encounter with. Most of the time, he's dealing with an angel or the priest or with a prophet to speak to his people. Think about David. God never spoke to David directly. He always used a priest, a prophet, to come and speak to him. Moses, Moses had the opportunity to be able to encounter God, not quite face to face, but as closely as he could. Abraham heard the voice of the Lord, but he never got to see even the shadow or the shape of God, but he encountered his angels. And so then in Matthew chapter 1, which we'll celebrate next month, the birth of Jesus Christ, divinity clothes himself in humanity in the form of Jesus Christ and takes on this form of the flesh that you and I live in. And for the first time since the garden, God gets to touch and smell and be with and embrace and interact relationally with his creation. And what does Jesus do when he sets up the kingdom on earth? Does he go build a physical kingdom? No. Does he go teach in all the synagogues, the deep theology? No. He 
basically quotes, in most cases, uh, Isaiah. He takes 12 guys, one-on-one in a relationship, and, he, and they, they come to him as, come and see. Come and see this one who changed my life. And three years later, that come and see turns into come and die. Lay everything down for the cost of Christ. And how does he do it? Through some program? No. Through some vast ministry? No. Through some major network? No. One-on-one, day-by-day, conversation-by-conversation, the same way God talks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. So is it irreverent to talk to God in a casual way? No. Is it irreverent to sit there and have coffee and just sit in your chair and begin to just talk to God the same way you would talk to your best friend? No. It's really what God desires. Here are questions that I get when you talk about this conversation with God called prayer. Who do I pray to? Who do I pray to? Do I pray to saints? Do I pray to to deceased spiritual leaders? Here's what the Bible says. You've prayed to God the Father, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven. So you pray to God the Father. I know that there's a triune Godhead, the Trinity, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're three in one, but they're also three distinctive persons. And so I pray to God the Father, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to John 15, 16. Because when I pray in the name of Jesus, that's the power uh, under and under whose name I pray. But I go to God the Father. Do I pray to saints? No. Do I pray to deceased loved ones? No. Well, but I come from a tradition or have been raised in a place where you pray to a saint or you pray to someone or you do this and that. There is no place in Scripture that talks about praying to saints. Nowhere. The matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it talks much about praying to people who are dead as witchcraft and idolatry. Well, I heard that. I didn't ask you what you heard. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm not asking what you think. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm just saying, according to Scripture, Genesis, all the way to the maps at the end of the book, it doesn't talk anywhere about praying to saints or praying to the deceased. You pray to one, our Father who art in heaven. Why? Because he is the only one that has the power to change your situation. And you pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's no other name under heaven by, by which man can be saved, but through the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Can anyone pray to God? Yes. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. So you don't have to be a pastor or a priest. You know, when I graduate seminary, they don't give me some little special card, like a little little access code number, and I can just log in and get like some special access or something. No, it doesn't. It works the same way for me that it does for you. It's just having that relationship with God and having a conversation with him. Does God hear recited prayers? Yes. But he desires a conversation. The same way, if you're going out with a friend and you're meeting up for coffee at Starbucks and you sit down and you are talking to them, would you, do you want them to talk to you or do you want them to say, you know what, I, I just want to write, I want to read for you all of my feelings about you. Let me begin. Right? <laughs> you don't want that. You want someone that's going to sit there and talk to you. Now, some of you may practice a, a, a personal discipline where you write prayers down before the Lord. I think that's awesome. Uh, some of you may go back to some liturgical uh, things that have happened in, in the last several hundred centuries. And I think there's some beautiful liturgy that's out there. I'm not making light of any of that. And I've heard some prayers that have been written or memorized or recited that are powerful. 
The problem is, it's like anything else. When we do something over and over and over and over and over again, if we're not careful, it just becomes an action, something that's said, something we do, and we don't give thought to it. And God doesn't want to be treated like some deity. He wants a personal relationship. He doesn't want to be someone that's prayed to. He wants to be someone that's spoken to. He is a person. It's the same way when we read in Genesis. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Well, what are we? Well, we're emotional. We're passionate. We, we, we have feelings. We have uh, uh, good days, bad days. We, we, have, we feel, we sense, we, we talk, we converse, we work through. It, process is sometimes more powerful than event. It, it's God. He put that in us to have to know and to be known. That's what God wants to do in your life and in my life. To love and be loved. To care and be cared for. To converse and to be conversed to, to, to and with. So is there a certain posture in prayer? Like, is there a certain, like, should I have, like, my hands this way or this way or this way or this way? Is there a certain way to get the best reception, kind of like a a satellite signal? No. Matter of fact, uh, 1 Kings 8.45 talks about praying while kneeling. Exodus chapter 4, verse 31 talks about praying while you're bowing. Uh, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 18, and Matthew 26 and 39 talks about laying face down before the Lord and praying. 1 Kings 8.22 talks about standing before God and praying. Posture is not what's important. God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on your heart. And by doing that, for me, this is what's comfortable. I'm sitting here, and I am having a conversation with the Lord. And I got my coffee, and I'm just, and I'm walking through this. And this has been something I've done for years But there are times where I'll stand and I'll walk. Why? Because I'm sleepy. It's not because I'm being spiritual, because I'm pacing before the Lord. I'm just trying to stay awake. I'm just trying to do that. There are times I'll kneel. There are times I feel like, you know what? I just, I've sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. I sense the presence of God. And I just need to make the most humble, contrite, physical position that I can. But that's me. But God just wants to talk and us to listen and he wants us to talk to him, and he wants to listen. Is there a certain vocabulary in prayer? No. No. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 7, here's what he did say, when you pray, don't babble on like people do with other religions. For they think their prayers are, are, are answered only by repeating their words again and again and again. And I, would, and I would tell you, make sure that when you are praying, that you are conversing with the Lord, and you're not just you're not using a bunch of filler words, a bunch of Christian words. You know, Lord, I just thank you today, Lord God, because you're just so wonderful, Lord God, and everything's so great, Lord God. And Lord God, I just ask you, Lord God, that you just touch today, Lord God, because Lord God, you're the God of the universe and Lord God. And Because you're not thinking. You just have found yourself in this neutral gear that you're just spouting off words, right? Or you're nervous because you're having to pray and out loud. Instead of just sitting down between you and him when no one else is listening and just talking to him. Just having a conversation. I tell you, the other thing that's important is, is that you, that um, when you pray, it, it's, it's something that's very important to remember. You're calling on the name of God through Jesus Christ. That's the reason why, like, OMG, oh my God, 
and using God's name in vain is something that you need to deal with in your own life and make sure you deal with that in your life for your kids. And people go, well, it's just not really that big of a deal because that's just how kids talk and da-da-da. No, 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 no. If your name is Mike, and I said, hey, Mike, 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 Mike. Oh, my Mike. At some point, you'd go, look, man, either quit calling my name or I'm going to take you outside and and I'm going to give you Mike in just a minute, right? I mean, you would just be because... God says, look, whoever calls the name of the Lord can be saved. So if the name of Jesus Christ or the name of God the Father is the name in which we save, it's the one in which we call on, the one in which we pray to, we should be reverent about that name and shouldn't use it flippantly, shouldn't use it loosely, shouldn't use it just erratically, shouldn't use it to show our disgust or our frustration or allow our kids to do the same, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, shouldn't text it, say it, email it, listen to it. Because, and when you, when you hear people use the phrase GD, they're asking God to damn someone to eternal damnation. Who died and made us God? That's what you're saying. That's what we're hearing. And so at the same time, we need to be very, very, very careful that in our own vocabulary, that we make sure that our vocabulary outside of our prayer life and our conversation with God isn't something that's conflicting with, with the very words in which God asks us to say and to pray and teach our kids that way. You know, having two, two, two kids, you know, there's neighborhood kids that come over to the house and, and, and OMG and, and oh my OMG and, oh, and God this and God that and da, da 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 And at some point, I look at them and I just say, hey, either you're going to say something to them or I'm going to say something to them. Well, that's, that's code for, oh, I better deal with this for dad. You know, I better check myself for dad rickety rickety wrecks himself because dad does not care. Right? And, uh, and everybody thinks I'm like the pastor from seventh heaven, right? Just like, oh, he's just a nice guy. How are you? God bless you. Children, come in. It's time to eat now. It's like, kids, get inside. We're eating now. But they know because at the end of the day, that's the name in which we call on and that we pray. That's the God of the universe. Now, do you correct people, Aaron, if you're out and about in, in the public place? No. Do you correct someone? If No. But the people that are under my leadership or, or, or that I'm responsible, I, a.k.a. my kids, yeah, I'm going to teach and train them. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm teaching and training them what it means to be a Christ follower. So be careful. Your vocabulary does count. And don't use it loosely. But at the same time, understand it's not about a, a certain kind of words. You don't have to pray in King James, God. Thou wast in the firmness of the heavenest. We givest thou praise today. You know, it's not about working this vocabulary. It's just simply about me talking to God. When should you pray? Anytime and regularly. Pick a time that works for you. It, it, just pick a time that works for you. Maybe your mornings are crazy and hectic. Maybe it's the middle of the morning. Maybe it's the middle of the afternoon. Maybe it's late at night. Whatever works for you. And just regularly meet with God. Would you want to have a best friend that you saw once... A week? No. Would you want to have someone that you just talk to, that you, you, you call them, you talk to them, but they, you try to attempt to get a hold of them, but they never return your phone call, they never text you back, they don't email you back, and you get five minutes with them on Sunday? Eventually, you'd find another friend. But that's sometimes what we do as Christ followers. We just kind of throw up a couple of Hail Marys on Sunday and, and hope everything's good, and kind of on the weekend, but then we just kind of go do our own thing. And the reality is is that we should just find a time and begin to have that relationship and that conversation with God. How do you develop a prayer life? If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have a time where you're talking with God, how do you develop that? Well, one, I would say schedule a time 
and then pray in the matter of Matthew chapter 6. Just find that as an outline. Again, if you have another outline you've come across that you like, that's fine. But, but I mean, basically, they all kind of come to these basic same principles. And, um, but just do that and walk through it. And when you do, let me tell you something else. Don't like get all spiritual and go, you know, Jesus said, can you not tarry one hour? And just say, you know, I don't pray, but I'm just going to set the timer for an hour. I promise you, it will be the longest hour you've ever had in your life. You'll be praying real intent. You'll think, man, I'm almost, I'm done. Wow, I've got 55 more minutes. So you go at it again. Wow, I got, whoa, 51 more minutes. And you're just going, oh, my goodness, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. Just sit down, take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes, let it grow, have a conversation. God knows your heart. Start somewhere. Schedule that time. Don't just say, well, I'm going to do it. Schedule the time and just begin and walk through that. Now, the number one reason why people don't pray is unanswered prayer. The number one reason why people don't pray is because of unanswered prayer. I'm going to give you a couple things just real quick, things that hinder our prayers that cause unanswered prayer. First is broken relationships. Broken relationships. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Do you know if you're praying to God and you have unresolved relationships, uh, friction issues that, that you, that are, it's up to you. I, I'm not saying somebody else has an issue with you, but I'm saying you have an issue with someone else. And you've got that in your heart and in your life. It hinders your prayer life. It keeps God from, from, from hearing your prayers. He said, look, if you've got anything against anybody, make it right. The most spiritual thing you can do in that moment is not keep praying but it's to go and make that right. Phone call, text, email, call, see them, something. But make it right. Second is wrong motives. Wrong motives. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, When you ask and you don't receive, because you ask with wrong motives. And he defines what wrong motives are. That, what, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. If you're asking God to do something in your life just for your own benefit and fulfillment, you better check yourself. Because God's not some cosmic ATM in the heavenlies. It's just there to dole out 20s for your pleasure. Sometimes we ask God for this, that, and the other. And it may be good things, but it's not things that we need. It's not things in our, and our motives aren't right. Well, how do you know if your motives are right? You know if your motives aren't right. If you go, well, I really don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your motives to you. Oh, he will because he's the comforter and the convictor in our walk with Christ. He's the one that Jesus said would go with you, paraclete. He would go with you. He would walk with you. He would be with you. He would guide you and lead you into all truth. He's the ultimate guide that Jesus Christ leaves with us until the rapture of the church. And so ask the Holy Spirit, show me. Show me if my motives are right or wrong. Show me. The next thing is a bad lifestyle. I don't know how else to say it, but James chapter 5, verse 16 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are, are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Let me tell you something. If you're not righteous before the Lord, and I'm not talking about being perfect, but righteousness be, is, is, is a, a word that means to be right with God. How are you right with God? By asking God to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Because none of us in our own efforts are righteous. The Bible says our righteousness is as a filthy rags inside of a holy God. But when Jesus Christ comes into our heart and into our life and he covers our sins... And we, to the best of our ability, are trying to walk out what God has in our life, trying to walk out the Word of God in our life, trying to live the Word of God in our life, then we are living righteously before God. And when you live righteous before God, the Bible says your prayers will be powerful and effective, which means they'll work. And, and, and your prayer and God will be attentive to the person that's righteous. That's why you call your grandmother when you get in trouble. 
because you know she knows how to get a hold of God. Why? Because she's not mixing it up at the club like you are. Mm, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. You call your mother. Man, my mother's right before the Lord. You call your aunt. She's right before the Lord. You know what the problem with that is? God rest her soul. One day grandmother's going to die. One day mama's going to die. One day your sweet aunt's going to die. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? You want God to hear and answer your prayers? Quit going to people that you view as spiritual giants in your life. And you become a person who is walking righteously before the Lord. When you do that, your prayers will become powerful and effective. And God will be listening with an attentive ear to what you ask of him. It's not my words, it's his. The other reason for an unanswered prayer is lack of faith. James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because they have no faith. You've got to ask the Lord with faith. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what you're doing right now this weekend, it's the reason why you should be in a life group. reason why you should be a self-feeder. You should be reading God's word for yourself. You should be having that. And, and there's no excuse in the day and age in which we live in not to get good biblical teaching on a regular basis. And the reason why... It's because the more you hear that and the more you get that in, in your heart, the more you get that in your spirit, uh, it more it fills kind of the tank of your life, then what happens is, is you grow and you feel like you have the ability to, to overcome and do this. This is why you leave here after service, you feel empowered and uplifted and you feel like you can overcome. And then by Tuesday, you feel like you've lost it all. Why? Because... Because, you know, from here until Tuesday afternoon, there's a lot of things that happen and they chip away at that. And you are responsible for your own spiritual well-being. I'm not responsible for your spiritual well-being. Your parents aren't responsible for your spiritual well-being. Your kids aren't responsible for you. You're responsible to replenish and, and to refresh and to keep yourself right and vibrant before the Lord. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Can I tell you, it's not the church's responsibility or the board's responsibility to keep me spiritually fresh. It's not the church's responsibility to send me to conferences to keep me fresh or to buy me books to keep me fresh. You know whose responsibility that is? It's mine. It's mine. And when I get emotionally down, I get physically down, I get spiritually down, Aaron better check himself in and get, get spiritually built back up, emotionally reserves built back up. Aaron better get alone and get, get with the Lord and begin to develop that. Why? Because it's my responsibility to do that. And if, I don't, and, 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 and if I don't do that, then my faith begins to go down, 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 down. Which is why people feel great and they're working for God. And then all of a sudden they just kind of, they miss a Sunday here. And they miss a, a Saturday night there. And then they miss life group here. And they miss life. They don't, they're not in a ministry. And all of a sudden before you know, they're not anywhere. They're just kind of floating out here on the sea like a wave that's tossed. Well, we just read that to and fro. They know what they believe. I believe in God, but I never talk to them. Christian atheism. I believe in God, but I just don't trust him with my money. Christian atheism. I believe in God. I just don't live like I do. Christian atheism. I used to go to church, but I don't. The way you keep yourself connected, the way you keep your faith built up is by staying connected, by staying under the teaching of God's word, by being a self-feeder yourself and, and reading good books and, and that are going to grow your faith and reading the word of God and having a prayer time and a devotional time. Last thing, and this is an exhaustive list, is the will of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says, This confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's the operative word in the phrase, 
his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. That's the reason why we ask our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I'm praying God's perfect will in my life, it's always going to happen. But if what I'm asking God for is against his will for my life, it's not going to happen. God's will for my life was to live in Germantown, Wisconsin, not in Honolulu, Hawaii. I don't know why I'm not supposed to be in Honolulu. I would love, no disrespect, I think we all would. I would love for all of us to be spiritually transported to Honolulu and we just could live our same lives, right? I mean, it would be great, except for Christmas, it's only a little snow and then we'll go back, right? My point is, is the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. I am flawed and I'm not God and I don't see everything the way he does. And so I have to trust him. So I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, and I lean not to my own understanding. I acknowledge him in all my ways, and he guides and directs my paths. Sometimes you're praying for Mr. Right, and it's not happening. Oh, it's not happening. It may just not be God's time for that to happen. You're praying, I need to get that job. I need to get that job. Maybe God doesn't want you to get that job. Maybe you not getting that job is going to teach you more than you getting that job. Oh, we want kids, we want kids, we want kids. Kids are a blessing from the Lord. Yes, they're a blessing from the Lord. But there's a timing with that. God is seldom early, he's never late, and he's always right on time. And when we pray and when we ask, we should ask, ask with faith. We should ask with right motives. We should make sure that we're walking pure before the Lord. But we ultimately have to surrender ourselves to his will because he knows what's best. Just like if you're a parent, you get this probably as as best as anybody in the room does. You want to give good things to your kids. You want to bless them. But you know that too much too fast will hurt them. You experienced that when they were little kids and they got into into the cookie jar and they had too much too fast and it was everywhere. I'm not talking about the cookies. I'm talking about them, right? I mean, it was all... And as they get older, you see that and you want to do that. So you want to make sure that it's a sustainable pace. That the blessings bless them and don't crush them, right? That all the provisions that you do provide for them and prepare them, but they don't pamper them and hurt them. It's that delicate balance, the same way as with God. God has no problem with you and I being blessed. He wants to bless us, but he knows what we can handle, when we can handle it, and how we can handle it. And so we have to trust in him and his will. The number one motivation for prayer, though, is answered prayer. It's answered prayer. And uh, that's kind of how I want to end our talk this weekend because it's just a great illustration that's just kind of happened in our midst. Last weekend, if you were here, you saw Michael Brinkman's story. And Michael Brinkman's a young adult in the church who has, who has had a long journey and has really made his, made his way back with the Lord and made some things right with the Lord and recommitted his life here at Life Church. And God's been doing a great work in his heart and his life. And by his own admission, he, he told how, you know, how he was getting those things right. And as soon as he made those things right with the Lord, made his heart right with the Lord, God brought him back to the fact that he had a calling on his life and wanted him to surrender to that. And so he's been walking through that process. And part of that was saving up money to get a car and some other things that he needed. I mean, he just kind of had to kind of hit the reset button and had to start all the way back on zero. And, uh, 
and a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago now, we talked about Prime, and uh, which is our capital campaign here at Life Church, and how that, uh, you know, there was a donor that had given some money to basically just kind of encourage us as a congregation to give, and there was matching dollar for dollar, and God really spoke to his heart and said, I want you to give to this. And I don't want you to just give some, I want you to give all. And he talked in that video by his own words how he was frustrated with God and how he told God it wasn't fair. That is prayer. Conversation with God. Let me say this. Don't ever think that your frustration with God is ever going to catch him by surprise. He knows a number of hairs on your head. You don't think he knows when you're mad or when you're frustrated or when you're hurt? I mean... Look at the life of Moses. When, when God tells Moses, here's what I want you to do. Moses gave him every excuse in the book, and God answers it. And he listens to every frustration, and God answers it. And God just walks, walks with him and just helps him through the deal. Why? Because God's not off-put by our questions. He's not off-put by our frustrations, any of that. He welcomes that. It's a conversation. And so Michael says, okay. God, I'll give it to you. I'll do what you want me to do. And I saw him the week in the foyer, the week after he did that. Great, great, man, great story. Listen, and I had just had a conversation that week with our creative communication team, just members of our staff who we kind of create kind of these God moments, these wild moments on the weekend and really just try to put some creative elements into the service. And, and we were talking about how we wanted to catch on video testimonies of people who God's just doing great things in this church. Everyday people that everybody in the church could, could identify with, but could tell their story. And so I just said, man, that's great. Why don't you get in contact with Randall? Matter of fact, I'm going to have Randall uh, get in contact with you, and, and we'll just get this on video. And so great, great. So Randall got in contact with them, and Randall told me he did, and, and said, and so I didn't think a whole lot about it. We were in another creative communication meeting a couple weeks later, and we were talking, and Randall said, man, I got this Michael Brinkman video done. I think it would really fit when you're talking about Christian atheism. I, I believe in God. I just don't trust him with my money. And, uh, okay, cool. So I saw it. I said, man, that's great. That's awesome. Let's do that. Well, that was two weeks before I preached that message because I was going to be gone for a weekend and then I was going to be back and preach. So I get back to preach that message and Randall sees me on Saturday and just says, hey, by the way, where do you want me to put that, that video? Video? What video? I know I'm deeply spiritual, right? I remember everything. And I had forgotten you said you're going to put this mini video. You're just going to cue us and let us know so that the, the guys in the back could just know when to show that video on the message. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm thinking, i got to figure out where to put this video. So I go back, look over my notes on my iPad, and I, let's just do it here. Here's where, here's where we'll cue it up. So it wasn't even like it was, for me, it was just like, it was just God knew what he was doing, but whatever. So we show the video last weekend and show his testimony. Now, Here's a young man who is doing everything he can to have right relationship with God, right motives with God, surrender to the will of God, correct any lifestyle changes to live as right as he can before the Lord, is honest with God about his frustrations and his feelings, which I think is awesome. I think God, God knows anyhow. I think, he, I think the hypocrisy of us trying to Heisman God is funny anyhow. And uh, he just tells him, and the whole time, this has been weeks that have passed since this has happened. God's seldom early, never late, always right on time. We showed the video last weekend. His prayer, he needed a car. The week that he gave the money, he didn't get a car. 
Next weekend, he didn't get a car. He'd have some angel show up at the door and say, here's a new Lamborghini, here's a Lotus. Hey, here's a Maybach with a driver. It didn't happen. I mean, he didn't even want that. Here, you know, hey, man, here's, here's like, he would have taken a Chevette, not a, not a Corvette, right? I mean, it didn't matter, right? Just need a car. Have him start all the way over. Didn't hear anything, whatever. We showed the video last weekend. After church, I'm walking out. Guy walks up to me and says, I'm supposed to give him a car. Okay, well, let me get you connected with Gary Privenich. He's our business director, and he'll, he'll take care of it. Next morning, I'm in a meeting. One of the guys in the staff walk in and say, Hey, Pastor, I just got a phone call. There's another guy, this guy along the line. He wants to give Michael Brinkman a car. Two hours later, I'm in another meeting. Mondays, I'm all in meetings. Come in and say, Hey, there's somebody on the line. They want to give Michael Brinkman a car. They saw it online on the app. They were watching the message. God spoke to their heart about giving him a car. Not one, not two, but three. Now, Michael didn't go out and get like a three-car garage and get all three cars. I don't even think that. And God didn't give him some, you know, like brand new Honda Accord with all the bells and whistles and navigational system and the whole deal. But what he did do, he supplied his need. He answered his prayer. God spoke prayer conversation. Michael speaks back prayer conversation. God speaks prayer conversation. Michael gives all that he has prayer conversation. Michael trusts in God. Prayer, conversation. God shows up. Because God's not a man that he would lie. And when you speak to God, the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son, you're speaking to one who holds tomorrow and who has the cattle of a thousand hills to meet any need in your life at any moment in time. Don't just say you believe in him. Talk to him. Let's do that right now. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today, Lord, for your word to us concerning this thing called prayer. And I pray, God, let us not relegate this to pastors or priests. But God, let us boldly approach your throne of grace at any time with any need and converse with you. You are the God of the universe. You are the one who set this whole thing in motion. And you've got this whole stinking world in the palm of your hand. And God, I just pray that we would leave this place today. God, not just saying that we believe in you, but scheduling a time today that we will sit and talk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.